Hey guys, welcome to the Real Love Podcast. I'm here with my amazing wife, Rachel. You want to say hello? Hello. I and forget sometimes it's not just on video. A lot of people have been asking for you to tell them, and this is hard, right? By a lot of people, you mean you. But what is your favorite thing about me? The, <laughs> the people are asking. The people. The people. Hey, which people? Don't. That's not what they asked. Don't they you love asked, that when Instagram influencers they say asked everyone's asking about this? What your favorite thing about me is? My favorite thing mm-hmm. is that you married me. Mm. Moving on. Hey, we are so glad that you're here. Investing yourself uh, with the Real Love Podcast. Uh, We really do believe that you can win the world around you, Mm -hmm. that you can make an eternal impact. And so this month, we're talking about things that we want to invest instead of spend. And last time we talked about time. We want to invest our time, not just spend our time. Now, this week, we're going to talk about the money, money, money. That's right. That's right. Didn't even practice that. So, uh, but we're going to talk about investing financially instead of just spending. Babe, what was your first job? I worked at Ruby Tuesday. Ruby Tuesday. It was my first job. I got it at 16 and I did to-go orders. Oh, oh no, I hosted and then graduated to to to-go orders and also dishwashing. Now, I heard that that job got beyond, they added a talent that you didn't have. (laughs) I did have to leave Ruby Tuesdays because they started, they added trays in and I would drop them on so many people. I would try so hard. The drinks are so heavy and I don't have great hand-eye coordination. You just said the drinks are heavy, just glasses are heavy. No, well, it'd be like big, the glasses were heavy and then you put the drink inside them and then you have to balance them all on a tray while, and I know people can do this and I am so, I want to be like you, but I can't be. And I dropped an entire, it was like 10 glasses on this one guy. (laughs) It was so bad. That's when I knew I just need to not be here anymore. How many glasses do you feel confident you could carry? In like my hands? No, like on a tray. Oh, none. I could barely do one. You don't feel like you carry one glass on a tray? I could do one, but like I could never master the skill of like how you hold it out to take the cup off and you don't drop the tray simultaneously. I'll be honest. The other day I was trying to teach our daughter how to roller roller skate and you really passed some real generational curses onto her as far as coordination goes. You should, you should be. My first job, uh, besides like the manual labor, you know, that my dad, dad would make me do, um, which that has to be against laws at this point in, in culture. Um, I did construction. That I was your I, first job? Yeah. At yeah. 16? Yeah, I would do, I would, I would do construction in, during the summer. Mm. I, I did wait tables at Aubrey's, uh, but yeah, I would do construction. You did roofs, didn't you? I did. I did. I did roofing and I did uh, like block work. I had to carry blocks around, which was awesome. It was the worst. So, hey, Rachel, in our marriage, who's the spender? Oh, I would say we both are. Now, babe, babe, don't drag me down. Yeah, We, we are both spenders, which is not great. Well, we the mostly reason just, you don't spend as much money is just because you spend more time engaged in less opportunities to spend money. I am just around more opportunities. Well, to spend I feel money. like you could put yourself in more safe environments where you well, don't spend as much money, like right? When I go grocery shopping, sometimes I end up at the Target to pick something up for the kids, and other things end up in my car. The Target. The Target. The Target. Or we're at Dollywood, and you know pe- the people want there's, cinnamon bread. There's okay cinnamon bread. <laughs> 
Yeah, you have to buy cinnamon bread. Yeah, it's unbelievable. People. Yeah, we do spend too much money on food. So, who taught you about money? Oh, my parents. Your parents? My parents. Your parents. My parents. What do they teach you about money? Um, Dave Ramsey. Uh huh. They were doing the envelope system hard. What is the envelope system for the, somebody who may not oh, know? Oh, if you don't know, you should educate yourself. It's amazing. I so, believe there's a certain generation that don't know. Do you think, well, I guess it's, that's true. So the envelope system, Dave Ramsey is a financial guy who came up with this way for people to get out of debt. And one of the ways that you would do that is you would not use your debit card or checks. What you would do is you take the cash out of your bank account when you get paid and you would take your budget that you've already set up ahead of time and put it into envelopes. So like if you spend $200 a month on groceries, your grocery envelope would have your $200 in it and that's what you would use. And so you'd only spend money out of the envelope. And when the envelope was empty, no more money to do that. So you either had to find money from somewhere else, go earn money somewhere else. Yeah. So if you wanted more money in your envelope, you better start selling some stuff on eBay. Were, were your, so well, you had, I don't want to you put. Give, you give 10%, save 10%. Yeah. And then the rest I was allowed to blow. Yeah. I I would say one of the things that my parents were, and your your parents are too, but they were super generous. Yeah. They were generous. And so what where where what's like the time you feel like your parents were the most generous to you financially? I would think uh my wedding. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean your wedding? I was there too. Yeah. Like it's our wedding. Yeah, the only thing you did to really shape that was you chose lime green, so it had to be one of my colors. Ew. And flip-flops. The boys wear flip-flops. They wore flip-flops? That's right. Yes. Lime green flip-flops, I believe, from Hobby Lobby. I don't think that's true. Oh, yeah. That's true. I think I would remember more of our wedding Yeah, you, you don't, but I remember it. And Let's this is on. why, men, if you're listening and you're not married, just let your future spouse, make those decisions because she'll remember it and you won't. Babe, I feel like your bitterness is coming out. Because I'm not bitter. I'm just saying this is what happened. Hey, one, the truth. one of the things that we say in like the, the culture that we want to build is that uh, God is generous and so are we. Mm -hmm. And so God is generous, so are we. So we talked about, hey, who taught you about money? Which is interesting for you to ask yourself, who taught you about money? Because I think a lot of us would say if we're not careful or if somebody wasn't intentional, that no one really taught us about money, and we just do whatever we want. We just whatever feels good. You had like one civics class in high school that taught you how to balance a checkbook, which you don't even use anymore. Yeah, I, I didn't have that you class. Didn't have that. No, I didn't have a civics class. Which I, I think mighty mighty beavers. Yeah, don't besmirch <laughs> the beavers. I went. If you're not from around here, I went to a prestigious local academy called Carnes. And we are the we were the mighty beavers. But either way, uh, moving on. So, so do who taught you? And then maybe you need to get a teacher if you never had one. Yeah. And so, yeah. And if you if you haven't had a teacher again, like we talked about Dave Rands and things like that, uh, but I, I think that those are amazing. But if you are a Christ follower, something I want you to consider and think about is that if, if you say that God, the God of the Bible, is your God, He's generous, and so are we. So if God is our God and He is generous, then that means we are generous. So... My question for you just to sit here and think about for a second is, are you generous? Are you a generous person? Why or why not? Hey, what does generous, like, would you define that? Because I think everybody understands the word generous differently. Yeah. And so 
What what I would say, it, whenever we think about generosity, it, generosity would be being intentional about giving to some. And when I say giving, it doesn't. It's not necessarily about the amount. I think it's like doing above the bare minimum. So like it's doing above like the minimum or the expectation is the concept of being generous. So in generous with your money, you, do, you don't have to buy somebody's dinner, but maybe you've created the margin in your budget so you buy their dinner. When you're generous with your time, you, oh, I'll go ahead and, you know, run the carpool this week, an extra week to help a mom out or whatever. Yeah, and so, yeah, again, generous is, is doing more, but what I would say is that more than, again, and money's going to be a big deal, and we're going to talk more about money because mm-hmm. um, I think money is one of the biggest strongholds that everybody struggles with. But when it comes to being generous, I would say that generosity, again, it's doing more than maybe is expected. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, really generosity, before it's financial or before it's material, it's a mindset, like it's mental. Like you have a mindset where you're looking – to be generous, uh, like you, you, but you can't be generous unless you have a abundance mindset instead of a poverty mindset. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, this is in our notes. Just something to give you. Uh, something I use every day in my prayer time is Leviticus twenty six. And Leviticus twenty six chapter or verses one through thirteen talks about what it looks like to walk with God. And I believe it's verses fourteen through thirty six talk about what it's mm-hmm. like to not walk with God. And you can see in walking with God, like there's a thought of abundance, right? right? But whenever we're not walking with God, there's this scarcity, there's fear, there's hopelessness. And so, again, there, we are called to be generous people because God is generous. But when it comes specifically to money, uh, let, let, me, let me tell you this, this statement that I think is really powerful. But you have to take a moment to see where you are when it comes to this statement. And that is that money makes a terrible master. Uh, or uh, uh, to say it a different way, do, do, do you have your money or does your money have you? Does that make sense? So we give purpose to our money. It doesn't give us purpose. Right. I think that sometimes we think I, the more money I have, the more important I, ha- I am, the more valuable I am because you have access or opportunity to more things. And we allow money to give us purpose mm-hmm. because we can participate in something or we can wear something that gives us notoriety. But really like money is, it's a tool to be used. And so you get to decide what your money does. So does your money get to define you by you not having enough, um, by you feeling honestly like stroking your ego because now you have more, mm-hmm. um, and operating out of a place of, hey, my money, I can choose for it to be like a kingdom impactful. I can choose for my money to be a part of that spirit of generosity. I can choose for my money to be a part of my abundance mindset. Right. And and what something I would tell you, uh, and actually I'm, I'm going to share this passage with you, but I, I had something that is that was I learned recently that is pretty massive. So there's a guy in the Bible named Solomon. So he was King David's son. So he would have been the third king of Israel, God's people, right? And he was the wealthiest man to ever live, ever. So he had, I think it even says like um, that in Solomon's day, since he made the nation of Israel so wealthy that like silver was almost like worthless. Like there was so much money. They were so blessed. Yet Solomon, even though he was one of the most rich, one of the most wealthy people in history, he also wrote a book called Ecclesiastes. 
Um, and so, uh, and, 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 and I believe he wrote Lamentations as well, but he wrote this right here in Ecclesiastes uh, 5.10, and it says, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is meaningless. And so, again, for us, I think a lot of times we think that uh, a more money is going to solve our problems. Where was a time, babe, when you realized, hey, money is just not what matters most? It is not what it is the most important thing in my life. I honestly, I was raised with that sentiment. Like, it's just dirty green paper. So we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. And, um, and so really like there was so much intention to make sure that like our value and our worth wasn't in how much we had because the things that were most important, you could not buy. You couldn't buy relationships. You couldn't buy time. Um, you don't buy love. And those things were all um, the most important thing. I can't buy my relationship with Christ. Honestly, like, and that was really for me, like, I can't buy my relationship with Christ. I can't buy peace. I can't buy gifts um, and fruits of the Holy Spirit. Like, those are, uh, honestly, those come freely from God, but money doesn't control those things. So what I think is most valuable in the world and really, like, I think that is one of the reasons we struggle with generosity is because what we value most as Christ followers is are, are not the things of God. We value more the things of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it really is. It's, it's wild. But when you look back on your most heartbreaking moments mm-hmm. in life, like, rarely would money solve that. Like, if you've lost somebody or if you went through heartbreak and then you go back, but how much time do we spend focused on money, right? We spend mm-hmm. our life focused around these possessions. And again, like, uh, uh, I think a huge one, like, I think about one of the best examples is our phone. Like, we, I don't know about you, maybe, but I want the new iPhone. Like, I want it when it comes out. I'm much better now than I used to be. But it's it's never, it, the iPhone, I think, or whatever phone you have, is a great representation of this whole pursuit, this whole desire for mm-hmm. money. Because it's never enough. Literally, this system is set up where either every six months or every year, like what you have is not good enough. The camera's not good enough. The software's not good enough. And actually, the world is set up where if you try to be wise long enough and keep this phone, I'm not saying if you get a, a, a new iPhone that you're unwise, but it's even set up to where the software will end up not working as well because you haven't got the new one. And so we're almost hardwired that I need this new I need this more. Like I want to have this, and so let's let's just get vulnerable rates. What is it? Um, what is it that uh, money is used? Where? What is it that makes you want to hold on to money? What is it that makes you like want to have a scarcity mindset? What is what what situation or object makes you feel that way? Well, I think uh, in our life, or just like in general. And yeah, and, well, yeah, just yeah, in our life. Oh, well, I would say, well, there's a specific moment. I'll never forget when we had just moved into the crack den that you bought us. And um, that's, that's not a lot of context there, babe. It was, we did, it did flip it and it was an amazing blessing. But in the moment, um, we didn't have garage doors. And we had like a regular bedroom door in our basement. And it was one of the coldest winters in like history. It was 2013 into 2014. And I remember our electric bill coming in and it was $600. And I, we had no money. I, and it was fusion weekend. 
I accidentally paid off our credit cards. We had no money in our savings account. And I remember sitting on the stairs and just sobbing, crying because I felt like without money, like we weren't going to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so for me, money is a means of control for a like provision. Mm -hmm. Now that's obviously counterintuitive to the word of God. And he showed us like, I'll take care like that same, uh, like that same weekend, all this stuff happened. And that same weekend, a check showed up in the mail from somebody that we didn't know that they were doing that or anything. And it was, it was a miracle for us, uh, how God worked all that for our good. And he provided, that's what like money for me is like, I am safe. I'm taken care of. And if we don't have it, then something bad could happen to us. And now just, not just us, now my children. Yeah. Yeah. There, I think there's something about money. You just want it. You know, like whenever we, when our pay changes or whatever, you know, we we're very intentional. The first thing that we do is, is we want to have our tithe where we want mm -hmm. it, you know, what we give to the church. And so, you know, and we have a goal, you know, our, our in which we we've reached at this point, mm -hmm. but we wanted our largest outgoing sum of money to go to the church. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not so that we could be special or religious. It, we, we just think that that, that place, faith promise where we tithe, Mm -hmm. that that money makes the greatest impact in any world. I mean, definitely than like our mortgage payment or our oh groceries gosh. or... Amazon. Whatever. I don't ever spend that much money on Amazon. Yeah, I I'm bet you saying. don't. Yeah, I bet you don't. So, uh, but but either way, I, I think that for you, for you listening, I think that this is a good reflection point for you. What is it that makes you want to grab a hold of money? What is it control? Uh, like what Rachel said, is it security? Is it just, for me, I just, I just, I just want to have it. Like, I just want to have it. Um, I, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real baby in this way. I just, sometimes I just don't want to be told no. Like I don't want to be told I can't mm -hmm. buy something. I don't want to be told that I can't do something. And money is, again, money is really the, is, is a huge indicator for what you can and can't do. And so again, and this next verse is really going to get us there. I need to go back. I said something wrong earlier. Solomon, uh, again, the richest man that ever, ever lived. He wrote that he didn't write limitations. That was Jeremiah. But he did write Ecclesiastes, and the reason I got it mixed up, if you go back to Ecclesiastes, one of the main things that Solomon keeps on saying is, this is meaningless, and this is meaningless, and this is meaningless. And so what, if you go and read it, which is not a very positive book, right? It's not like, it's not like no super... No warm fuzzies? Yeah, it's not cheery. But <laughs> I think something that's really important to see is the guy that wrote that, the guy's like, hey, this is meaningless. And the one who said this right here, he wasn't just... He wasn't just, he wasn't some poor pauper talking about money. He was a guy who had all the money, yet his whole world fell apart. Mm -hmm. And so he's looking out and he has, he's got like Scrooge McDuck money. And he's still saying like life is meaningless when that's what it's about. But yeah. again, we talk about like, hey, what, what about money affects you? Uh, would you read Hebrews 13? Yeah, verse 5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And I think for me, like sitting on the stairs, you're talking about like I was sitting on the stairs crying, like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? That is not where my heart was because I wouldn't have sat on the stairs and cried. I would have remembered, you know, that the Lord says, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you um, because money, money isn't going to rescue me. Right. But it is, it is, again, it's just hard to think that way. In mm -hmm. our culture, this is so different from our culture. Again, keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. And that 
that's that big word is content. Uh-huh. Um, and there, there's a passage that I used the other day in Judges 7 mm-hmm. whenever there's a guy named Achan who stole the devoted things, mm-hmm. right? He, he stole something that was set apart for God, which again, this is about us investing our, our time, our, sorry, our, our money. But again, if you're not tithing, uh, you, you really, I, I want to ask you, it doesn't matter if you're 14 to listen to this. There's two amazing young ladies that stopped me in the lobby, said that they love the podcast and they're, they're 16 and 17. Or if you're, if you're 45 and you're a single mom, we're all called to tithe, which means mm-hmm. we give 10% to God's house. Uh, but even whenever, uh, I think that that's kind of the root. That's why I want to share that passage is mm-hmm. this, this deal where we just, we're not content and we're. I guess we another, covet. Exactly right. There's another C word. We don't. We're not content, but we covet. Whenever Achan confessed the things that he stole from the devoted things, he said, "I saw these things and I coveted them." So whether you're talking about control, whether you're talking about security, whether you're talking about safety or mm-hmm. or just carnal desires, whatever it might be, like, are you living a life of contentment, or because that is kind of the that not kind of that is the gateway to you being able to invest your time, or sorry, invest your money into things that really matter. Uh, but something just... you can't be generous if you're covetous. Like right. if you're coveting, you cannot be generous. It, they, they don't work together. Generosity only comes from a heart of contentment. Right. And, and really, you know, you think about, because things that fight against generosity mm-hmm. and being able to invest your money, really, I mean, you talk about covetous, you talk about pride, and being covetous or being prideful it, it's really it's just thinking about yourself too much, right? That 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 would be a good definition for it mm-hmm. if you wanted one. But just something that we believe is that money is not evil. You know, it's uh, in, in the Bible, and I, I should have had this, but it says that money. Um, it says that money is the 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 root of all kind of evil. Yes, the root I, of I, I can evil. I can look uh-huh. that passage up, but a lot of times we think that money is this. Money is evil. That's not biblical. That's not what God's saying. It's for the love of money. First Timothy right. six ten. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Right. Because they loved money. Yes. So it's not that money is bad. What Rachel said earlier. That's something that we say. Our parents said. It's just. It's just dirty green paper. It's amoral. It's. It's not evil or inherently good, but. The love of money, covetousness, pride, those things are evil. Then mm-hmm. those things will lead you to live a life that is totally about you. So let me ask you, what is the purpose for your money? Mm-hmm. And so, and again, these are just questions for you to process on your road to being generous. But what is what is the purpose of your money? And so, uh, babe, what is what is it as as you and again, we just have to make sure we're intentional because, and, and if I, we could just talk to, if you're, if you're a young adult, if you're a parent, wherever you might be, the, the sooner that this can start in your life, oh my gosh, the, it is so different. When we talk to people who this is a new, a new thought for them mm-hmm. and they've lived a life contrary to this for 30, 40, 50 years. And you find yourself in tens of thousands of dollars of debt. Or not, we're not even, even if you're not in debt, but you think about, first of all, not like the biblical mandate to tithe. Yes. 10%. It's obviously much easier to start that when you don't make a ton of money. It is. But not just tithing, but being generous. Mm-hmm. Like, 
like again, before it's a budget issue, it's a heart issue. Mm-hmm. And so, and these heart issues are so much easier to get whenever you're when you're younger. I'm not saying if you're older and you're listening to this and this is not you that it's impossible for you, but I do want to take a moment to talk to our students and our young adults and our parents who are watching. That this is the time right mm-hmm. here, right now, to, whether you're teaching your kids or you're teaching yourself, which if that's you, I'm so stinking proud of you. You're doing amazing. Yeah. But this is the time. Rach and I, we we live in a different echelon, I would say, a different like realm of freedom in this area. And it's not because we're special. It's because our parents were super intentional about this in mm-hmm. our life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. So um, th- there was another passage that I wanted to process through a little bit, and it's out of that First Timothy uh, mm-hmm. 6, 17, 17 through 19. 19. Would you read that mm-hmm. for us? It says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, that's eternity, so they may, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Yeah, and again, this is, it's such a paradigm shift for us not to think about what we do day in and day out, where we spend our money, where we spend our time, for it not to be about this kingdom and about this world. But mm-hmm. like I love the last part of that passage. In this way, they, us, will lay up treasure for themselves, a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take a hold of the life that is truly life. And so when we talk about investing our money, this is what we're talking about. Like, are you spending your money in a place that it really does, like it invests in the kingdom? And so mm-hmm. I, just to be totally transparent, I think that Rachel gets this better than I do. Like, we never go out to eat or whatever where she's not trying to grab the check. It doesn't matter if these people make more money than us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people. It doesn't matter how much it costs. She's going to try to take that check and pay for I it. I believe there's plenty. Well, she's wrong. There's not no, but but it's just this. She she has this. She just is better at being generous and less caught up in the moment. But it's this thought of hey, even in this meal, like when we pay for it, and they're like, hey, I don't want you to pay for it, and we get the opportunity to say, hey, we just love you, and we just want you know, we want to spend time with you. It's this moment to like to to put treasure in heaven, a firm foundation there instead of here mm-hmm. and now, instead of whether it's your clothes or your mm-hmm. or whatever it might be that makes you feel good about that. Um, and hey, so, go ahead. So what is like, what are the purposes then for money? If it's not for me to look good, if it's not to make me feel safe, if it's not for me to have control, what is the purpose of money? Well, again, and I, and I know that this is going to be a crazy outlook for a lot of people, but I think that our the purpose of money is the same with everything that we've been given. It's what Jesus told us to pray in Matthew 6, for his kingdom to come and his will be done on earth as is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so there's some other things that it's for, but I would ask you, like, if, if our culture, if money is important, which it is, does any of your money go to building the kingdom of heaven? Does any of your finances go? Does any of your gifting go uh, to seeing people come to know Jesus, to see you win your world. Is that part of what? So obviously you have stuff like basic provisions and and things like that. But 
what I would say is 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 there is your finances going to build the kingdom of heaven? Mm-hmm. I mean, what would you say? What would you say that you know you feel like? Hey, this is what money is for. No, I agree. I mean, um, your basic needs for self, because that's how it works. But um, also, like it allows provision for people who have been committed to the call of Christ, resourcing evangelists, providing needs for the impoverished. Like it's an opportunity to care. It's a tool to help you care for people and to move the gospel forward. Think about um, the chosen and how many people have come to know Jesus because people literally helped finance the inability for um, unchurched, de-churched, lost people all over YouTube and around the world to see the loving kindness, gentility of Jesus, the man, and also God. Mm-hmm. Um, then opportunity, the Jesus film, how many people know, and all that took money. So to be a kingdom builder, like with your money, you want to make sure it's going places that are going to move the kingdom of God forward, help people see that the gospel is real, that God is real, and that he wants a relationship with them. Yeah. And hey, one more encouragement to you before we we wrap up. In Luke 12, 48, it says to whom much is given, much is expected. And so, and so a couple of things with that. First of all, if you are blessed financially, then I really do believe that we'll be held accountable one day mm-hmm. for what we do with that. And again, it goes back to what what the question Rachel asked. Hey, what do you think finances are for? I think that finances are, we think that finances are to build the kingdom of God. Um, and so I think we'll be held responsible for that one day. But hey, also, if you would like to make more money, right, if you would like to be blessed with that, why would... God bless you with more if you're not faithful with what you have. Does that make sense? And so I, w- I would just encourage you to take, a, if you believe, which we do, and mm-hmm. so we, we believe that God is the one that's orchestrating our life and giving us opportunities. And so for you, if you would say, hey, I'm not being faithful with what I've been given, I'm not being generous with what I've been given, why would God give us more? And so I don't believe that God's going to give us seconds if we're not faithful with our firsts. And so we believe in you. Mm-hmm. You're taking time to do this. And so I want to ask you to take some actionable steps. Uh, from this month, if we can learn to invest our time and our money, then we really can. We can win our world. God has given us what we need to make an impact. And two of the greatest resources that we've been given to invest from a kingdom perspective would be our time and would be our money. So I pray that you we just pray you live in freedom in this. Mm-hmm. And so, hey, once you wrap us up, babe, by giving people some resources, if they wanted to, maybe they need some help to live in freedom in this area, yeah. what, what would be some resources you would tell them to go after? I think the um, first thing I would invite you to do is get some people around you who are like-minded. And we have um, some incredible groups. All of our campuses have these financial small groups where you can go and learn together how to manage your money better. Um, Another option is just kind of changing again what you take in. I would evaluate Um, are you listening to maybe podcasts, reading books from people like Dave Ramsey, um, his daughter, they, um, have an incredible little like organization now that does nothing but serve people who want to get out of debt and want to see their money, um, take on, like they want to give their money a purpose Mm -hmm. to change the world. And so there's really like, those are two very quick, easy ways for you to see a change in your um, finances. Yeah. And you can do it. We believe in you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, we're so proud of you for taking this time to invest in yourself so that you can really, you can, you can win the world around you. We love you. We're proud of you. Hey, if this is helpful, share it with a friend and uh, we'll see you next month.